I've been in the space this last week, if you're just joining us, in the space of like every day's a Veterans Day. You probably heard that. I mean, anytime anyone defends our country, does great things. And what the great thing is about veterans, they always give back. They're, it's just innate. You know, they they know that the position for anybody underneath them, if they're leading the way and they're, they're a commanding officer, whatever they may be, or an NCO or somebody that's a command sergeant major, they, they really tell the people underneath them, all their soldiers, make sure the infantry, you guys give back, take time to give back to community. And that's what we're always about here on the Bob Jeswald Show. And in that space, in that spirit of giving, uh, we're going to talk to a president today. She is awesome. This is Sharon Jack. She's a Jersey Goyle. That's right. That's why I love her. And she's in the deep south now, transitioning for the last 13 years now. Don't, don't take that lightly. She's been in Florida. She's been back to Georgia. She is a president of Village Table. And she's also passionate about the home man cave, uh, which is all part of this podcast today. A man cave. Everyone loves a man cave. But this is a very special one. You want to listen to this coming up next on The Bob Jeswald Show. Personal power. People positive. The community of connection. This is The Bob Jeswald Show. Welcome, everybody. And, of course, i got to welcome Sharon Jack. Sharon, how are you with those nice smiling eyes? You have great <laughs> eyes. I love it. Your eyes just shine, and they just do great things. We said a prayer before we did this podcast, too. We should have shared it. But you're not only a woman of faith, and you work in your own space in your church, but you you know the importance of how we need to to give back. And and that's that's so important. You, you had a calling, Sharon, to leave north of the Mason-Dixon line to come down and get rid of the snow and everything else, but you keep your candor with you, you tell me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't lose that. No. I'll try not to. Don't let those smiling little eyes fool you. She'll, no, she'll tell you. But, and it's a good thing. So you and your husband um, came down in the Deep South, and it was it's kind of one of those things where, you know, we, we have to we not only feed people the word, but we have to feed them physically, feed them, not spiritually, but we have to feed them nutrition and and we're running that and and this is your passion and it brought you to become the leader of village table in a place of phoenix city alabama a lot of people know where that is it used to be called sin city of the south but not anymore we're not sinning we are given we're given back Mm -hmm. tell us about that well village table is a place where people can come to get food the second saturday of every month And what it is, is we want to combine or unite the community to erase insignificance in those in need. But if you look at it, we're all in need for something. Whether we're in the need that we need to serve or donate, or we need the food. So everybody needs some sort of, has some sort of need to erase insignificance in their lives. I like that, erasing insignificance. I, I like that. What would that What would that impart? What are the people coming to receive? What kind of things that they need that, that we feel we have to erase that insignificance? What would we? Well, when they come, I want them to be able to not have to feel like um, people are just throwing food in their faces. Okay. We want to be able to, to make relationships. And have relationships with people so we get more in-depth so we can help them to build them up so that they don't feel like they're low income or they're not worth anything. Everybody is worth something. Everybody is worth being loved. Amen to that. No matter where you are in your life and no matter what struggles, you're needing of love and... That's God's love 
but sometimes they don't see it that way. So we can show them love by giving them food, by being there to listen, by being there if they need clothing, or when we get further along in our journey, a village table being able to help them with possibly financing or housing or different things like that. You know, it's not just about us Mm -hmm. serving or checking that box. It's about us combining other communities. We have some programs that are tied in with us now, which is Serve Saturday, um, and they serve at Frederick Douglass and and, uh, Rivertown apartment complexes on the first Saturday of the month, and they give lunches, and they give them small bags of goodies. It's just a time to fellowship and music and just to talk. Um, And all during um, everything in the past couple of weeks, we had one gentleman that went to serve Saturday who was homeless. And during that time, the people that were at Serve Saturday, they took him under their wing. They put him in a hotel. They were told we were trying to get him help. And we were told that if we did this, this, or this, he wouldn't qualify as being homeless anymore. So we did everything we could. He went to a church. He accepted the Lord. And two weeks later, he passed. Oh, wow. What a story. So we are touching people. You are, yes. And through Village Table, we also are work with the Veterans Home which is the man cave. Now there comes a man cave. I love it. Um, and we've just worked with them. Um, we've done drainage. We've done a, a deck. We've done a fire pit for them. Um, and this is different peoples in the community. We've had other churches involved. We've had youth groups involved. We had high school students involved. Um, and they have this man cave that has just been just about finished and we're looking for, um, they're looking to be able to put items in there, um, games, board games. Um, Everything that a man cave would have. Would have. A right. dartboard. Right. You know, a little basketball hoop thing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call that? A little basketball thing? Thingy. You're, not <laughs> a Nets, you're not a Nets fan, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> and they were talking about that hockey, that air yeah, hockey. Yeah, air hockey, yes, yes. And, and <laughs> we built the deck in such a way that if they ever wanted a pool table, they could get an outdoor pool table because the deck is like 40 feet sure. by 30 feet. Wow, wow. It's a big. Wow, it's a big deck. deck. <laughs> it's a big man cave deck. Yes. I, I've never. I, I. I'd have to say this is one. One heck of a deck. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and Home Depot and other businesses have been involved. And, Wonderful. And we get donations for our food. We had um, Woodsman Life, I believe it yeah, was. Yeah, they're off of uh, t- uh, war- no, t- um, Mil- Milgen Road or Talbotton in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, we had they mm-hmm. donated uh, like twenty five hundred cans of of non perishables. That's awesome. Um, Epworth um, Church Discovery Class. One of the women I'm very close to. Her Sunday school class bought specific items for our baskets for Thanksgiving. Fantastic. So it's just we're just trying to combine the community um, for opportunities to be able to serve. Right. 
opportunities for donations, opportunities for people to come in. Um, uh, once we can go back live where it's not a drive-through mm-hmm. situation, we're going to be able to have booths. Um, we've talked to Mercy Med. We've gotten flyers for some of their activities that we hand out in our boxes. They're wanting to put up a table so that they can check blood pressures and things like that. Sure, to get add, add more to this this whole experience. Right. Yeah, I quipped, Sharon, <clears throat> when you came in today, we were just talking. I said, hey, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Mm-hmm. And I said that with not even realizing sort of what Village Table is doing here, where the community component to it, bringing everybody in, it's not one of those things. It's true that you, you, you're all vessels. You're not just giving somebody something, but you're teaching them how to fish, so to speak. We're, we're teaching them how to do better, how we can do certain things. You saved, I like, like to say for those in their faith, you saved the soul of that gentleman who had passed recently. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, you know, found the Lord right before he did. You guys put him up. I mean, what a wonderful story. It's, 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 uh, it's nice that he was touched, you know, before he transitioned. It's, it, it's, it, there's so much that go, that go into this. You, you don't just like, here's a food, be on your way, you know, not saying that everyone's doing their part doing it, but you want this experience to be a lot more. And that's what I see with this village table, hence the name village. You know, you can, you know, you, it takes a village to, to feed and to care and to love. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that love shines through. And, and I said something before I, I heard, you know, I was listening to um, another podcast with uh, Bishop, uh, Bishop Robert Barron, and now he's in California used to be out of Chicago diocese and he uh, was talking about like everything we do if if you do something and would you have Jesus Christ sitting right next to you when you're doing it and is it in that space is it in the right proper you know way that he would do it and 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 if if it's not if you know that geez I wouldn't want him sitting next to me doing this and you're not doing the right thing it's hard for us to do that in everything we do I mean and I don't want to say it's a burnout, but th- this this takes a lot of your time. How much time does it take to get everybody in your church and, and you as a president to muster? It's hard to get people to, to do this and follow through with it. It really is. And then you're talking volunteers. And then on top of it, you're talking about a pandemic. So I'll let you have the floor on that. I mean, what? how do you do this? I mean, what is your strategy? My strategy is a lot of prayer. Okay. A lot of leaving it at the cross. A lot of it is just making phone calls and saying, hey, are you available? Can you do this? I do have some teams that work really well. Um, I have a team that comes in and they count. After we do a food share, we have to count every single item that's left. So we have to take an inventory. I have a team that comes in and does that. It's just a family. Okay. And they come in and count. I have another family who, for the past over a year, they would come in and they would pack the boxes, the, the non-perishable boxes. And then I have people that just come out on a Saturday morning. But I have my regulars that I, you know, that I know will be there. I have a specific team. So you have 20 people, let's say? Would you, is it, I mean, how much would you Probably say? Probably about 20 people. Okay, so 20 people, and you were telling me something so amazing. How many are you actually feeding with 20? I mean, this is a lot of work for, we need. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have to go pick up food from, from, and it's not easy because we yeah. pick up food from Georgia. We pick up food from 
from Auburn. Yeah, right. We have two different places because we're located in Russell County. Gotcha. Which, so, if anyone knows, just to give them some perspective, Fort Benning, Georgia, is in is part of Muskogee, Chattahoochee County, and it's south of Columbus, Georgia, and just to the west of that, over the Chattahoochee River, is Phoenix City, Alabama. <clears throat> pardon me, which is in Russell County. Mm-hmm. So it's always that it's it, it's it's trying to, and then there's certain rules and regulations you got to mm-hmm. be careful with, and and it gets gets kind of crazy. Right. And and how many people are you? roughly feeding per month. I mean, I remember we, it, it's just incredible amount of people. Um, the people like this month we served on Saturday, we served 167 families and it was about, mm, I'm going to say if I remember right, about 390, but that doesn't include the food that we bring over to the veterans home every month Okay, because they don't get extra fundage for food or anything at the veterans home. So we help provide them food every month. Um, and then there's some other families that we help in the community that we're s- supporting, you know, for like a month at mm-hmm. a time because of their specific issues. Um, so you're you're looking at probably between 450 and 500 people a month. Okay. Um, last year, um, during the pandemic, in the month of May, in nine days. We served 18 tons of food wow. to over 6,000 people in Phoenix City. That's incredible. And, and, you know, in the surrounding area. Monetary donations, does that help you, or are you physically, you have the pantry to fill, I mean, to a physical, tangible food item? Which one's the best way to go? The, w- the one that's the best to go is donations. Okay. Financially. Yes. Because when we purchase through the food banks... It's like 18 and 19 cents a pound. Okay. So we can get 24 cans of green beans for $3. Where when you buy them at the grocery store, we had to purchase potatoes, and it cost us for 150 cans of potatoes approximately $100. Wow, okay. So like, And, and $1 can be up to six meals. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just try to mm-hmm. figure that out. And Village Table, although it's been around, is it is this a national nonprofit? Is this, it seems like, or is it just the last two years you've been doing it here locally in this region? We've been a nonprofit since 20, November 2019. Okay. We are just local. Okay. We I like the logo. I mean, here, I can show it to you. I mean, if you see this, anybody, I mean, I, I just think it's a cool, it, it says it all. You know, you picture the table spread out, you know, you see all the, Folks getting out there, unite community, erase insignificance. I, I love that. I love that line. I love that. And and it does. It takes. It does take mon- monetary donations. I see that. And and there's a there's a a big benefit that way where you guys can then get the food and bring it there. It's a little bit different because you're kind of like, again, you're touching the community. Mm-hmm. Again, you're the vessel. You you get that personal touch. You're bringing these people, and you want to get to know them. This is not like, hey, this guy comes in here. Here's some food. You, you want to make sure that we can get into a place that maybe, like the one gentleman came in, mm-hmm. homeless, he ends up volunteering, and <laughs> he's, he's, he was homeless, and he's given back, you know. Right, right, what and, a, we have those, and we have those people that have been through and are, that have been on both sides, have received food, and have gotten to a point where they want to serve and give back to the community. How empowering. It is. It, it erases yeah. that insignificance to them where they're worth something. 
we'll, yeah. where we will wrap around them. We will work with them. They will help us in the in the pantry. But then that rolls into them helping somebody else. So being the president here of the nonprofit, a village table, you also had the man cave. How is that connected? Do you find that the same way? Or is the man cave just a, another place for camaraderie? And, 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 and what, what is, how does that work in with that? Okay. I, I have a passion for the veterans. I have passions for military. And when we found out that the veterans home, that there was a veterans home in Phoenix City, the city of Phoenix City, most people don't even know that there's a veterans home or two homes actually in Phoenix City. When you called me, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. That's why you, when, you, when you call, I'm like, Sharon, sure. I, I thought somebody from New York, one of my friends were calling me. I had this Joyce accent. Well, I got to talk to you. And you know, I mean that way. I, I love it. And there's, there's another retired pastor that's in, uh, um, he, I know him personally. He's from New Jersey and he's, he's got the thickest hat, funny as can be. He's retired, but never retired, but he's, you know, from yeah. his congregation yeah. and, and he's still, he's still pastoring. He pastors me all the time. He calls me with things. To, <laughs> Bob, you hear what you said on here? Why don't you try rephrasing that again? It would sound a lot better. And I appreciate that. It makes you better. So you, you just have this love and, and I do too. I totally relate <clears throat> and married into a, a military family. Had you had any military around you? fascinating you never have i see you shaking your head no 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 but i've always 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 have been behind the military even when i was little it's something it's in you just have it it was just something there um there was times when i was homeless and on the streets myself wow tell Um, us about that sure how old were you when that that happened i was probably in my 20s really yeah and that just came about for what reason? Just, just reasons you, that are very okay. deep in. Yeah, and I want to. I don't want to pry. Just yeah, whenever you feel comfortable just, talking about it, it happens. It yeah. happens. But I yeah. was out on the street with two children in the snow, and we know how cold it can be. That's mm-hmm. tough. Were you in a car? How did you live? Where was your place of? My children went to daycare, and they stayed there most of the time. And at the end of the day, I would pick them up and be under a bridge or in the car. Or wow. Whatever. Incredible! You hit in this heart to give and look at you now. I mean, it's incredible. It can happen, and that's the thing. I mean, I've never, I've never been there, and I didn't even realize. I'm going to use this as an example. I know this for a fact. Muskogee County in Georgia, which includes, like I just said, the Fort Benning, Columbus, Georgia Mm -hmm. area, has got so much homeless children that are homeless. And you don't think. See, when you think of that, I think of what happened to you. You're under a bridge. That Mm -hmm. that's the first thought that comes to mind. That used to be the old way. But homeless could be like, hey, these kids that are homeless are going from Jane Smith's house to their other friend's house sleeping overnight. That that's homelessness. Maybe even out of a car. You know, you hear you hear about you know st- some people live that way because they're trying to struggle mm-hmm. to get to their career. They decide to make that choice to go to L.A. and become an actor. Different. But what you encountered and many others, this is just is so systemic. It can happen to mm-hmm. anybody at any time. At any time, I was working. Yeah, and you were working. You mm-hmm. said. What, y- what year was this roughly you, during the... 40 years ago. Okay, okay. Forty. I'm in my 60s, so about yeah. 40. Yeah, I'm right behind you. So, yeah. yeah, we're not that. We're not so <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. and there were some nights where I would yeah. say, where when I got paid, I could get yeah. a you know, room for the weekend with the kids or whatever, but, yeah. It's not easy. And, b- and then, when you went to ask for food, it wasn't... I try to make nutritional boxes, 
I don't put junk in the boxes that I that we hand out at village table. Gotcha. God has set that on my heart. Yes. You're not going to get because that's what I used to get before was just ramen noodles and It's not nutritious. And you know, canned spaghettios and some right. juice. I'd get a package of sugar but nothing to use the sugar yeah, in. Not even a cup of coffee. So yeah, I yeah. try really hard. Um, the way that we have our boxes set up is we try to provide nine meals. So we supply three breakfast meals, wow, three lunch, okay. three dinners, and a couple of snacks. And we're working on trying different ideas, trying to make up some menus so that people know how to use like the can USDA canned pork, it's sure. really super good. Okay, and you can make awesome barbecues with it. Sure, you would never think, right? I mean, just take it's it and season it or whatever what way I you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and I try to make sure we try really hard. Excuse me. Sure, we try really hard to try to get fresh produce. Now, this past month, because of the economy and everything. There is no, there was no produce available. That that was, well, now with, and that's what I wanted to ask you about, because you think about this, are you seeing, two years ago, this is before COVID, but what brought you into this, do you ever think, okay, now you're there, now you hit this pandemic, are you seeing a ramp up of more need for people, would you say, or is it, well, Bob's about the same. There's more need for it but people aren't using their fundage wisely at times. Okay, see, that's the conundrum. That's a conundrum, because how do you police that? You don't. See, that's the, that's what's so hard. How we we just... Like you say, give it to, give it to him, him, almighty. Yeah, we don't, just we don't, uh, we, you know, um, we do USDA, so it's required that we get the name, their address, and how many they're serving how many f- family members? That's how we keep track of our numbers, basically. Okay. Um, and we don't ask. They're self. They they're self um, reporting, okay. so we don't ask questions. Okay. We don't ask to see a driver's license. We don't ask for proof of income. What we ask for right now, because of the pandemic, that's all we need to ask for. Normally, if it wasn't a pandemic year, we they would fill out their own forms, mm-hmm. and they would check. Okay, uh, food in, in you know food in, insecurity, mm-hmm. right? And um, and we don't question that because that's between them, the man upstairs, right, and the government. That's what it is. So, the, and that's interesting too because the, the USDA portion of it from the portion of going to like other local food banks, donations, monetary, or, or actually, you know, um, Mm -hmm. food items that are non-perishable, um, come to you or MREs or meals ready to eat, maybe a military kind of type style of, of food, um, like the pork in a can. I, I know, and bet, you know, the food that we get a lot of times, you don't want to like, you know, you want to get as much nutritious, good, Mm-hmm. healthy food and that sometimes comes with more of a price tag of course but what do you what do you see when that comes into are you is there you you get too much of one food what are you looking for so if people are going to like a village table in their community now listening what would be the best way if they you know you hear the old saying 
I'm just going to clean my pantry out and give you this thing. It was like six years old, this canned good or whatever. We don't want to be, you know, telling people don't, don't help out. But what, what's, what, what do we want to do to do it right? Okay, if people are cleaning out their cabinets, we ask that they don't bring us anything that's open or anything that's over a year old. So if, it's a, if the expiration date is, say, January or December of 2020, mm-hmm. we're not it, – it, December's coming up, so it's not an item that we feel comfortable serving. If you're not going to – if you look at the cans in your own cabinet and you see the date is outdated and you're not going to eat it because it's outdated – you don't want to give it to a homeless person or somebody who's struggling, mm-hmm. and we don't we don't do that. When we think of homelessness, and I look at you, you're very educated. You have all these things. What mm-hmm. was your before you became homeless? What was your vocation? I am in accounting. Okay, so you're yeah, so you're good. So okay, so that's your business mind. A business mind, yeah. yeah. And so you you see, so when we see. The faces of homeless is so hard to, to see and tell. Everyone comes, and, and I know when I was in Las Vegas, Nevada, for many years, in Las Vegas, I'd go down to this place, and and, and it was right around Interstate 15. It was Clark County Government mm-hmm. Center. It was there, and now it's changed a lot since those days. But there was a place, like a park down in that area. It's where we called it the Spaghetti Bowl. That was the main mm-hmm. junction where 95 comes in 15 and all, blah, blah, blah. And I would go down there. There's a lot of homeless guys who go down there. I just went down there one time and did a story because I was, even mm-hmm. as a meteorologist, I was doing like a story. And I just started talking to these guys and just picking their brain. Like these guys were normal, everyday, former businessmen, but they had gambling addictions or, or sexual addictions or whatever it may be. And they lost everything. And, then, and, it, and part of that, they lost their whole life. So we think sometimes is it brought upon themselves as an addiction, but sometimes it's just frankly not. It's, it's, it's Sharon Jack who just gets put in a position, We and there's no place for judgment for that way. So when people are coming to be helped out, what approach do you use? How do you just kind of offer the olive branch and say, hey, we're here to mentor, to build you back up? Mm-hmm. And, and, and how, does, how does that work with Village Table? How do you, how do you go about that? We just... We have, we have one of our girls who, do, who goes through, and she gets the names and addresses of everybody, and she's very good. She loves what she does, and she just talks to them and offers them that little branch. We just have to, mm-hmm. we just have to plant a seed. Sure. And we may never see, because we were part of a program down in Florida called Straight Street Orlando, Okay. Um, and we were serving 300 hot meals. Wow. When we were on Tuesday nights when it first started 10 years ago. It has now got a, 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 a food truck and everything. Good for you. I mean, it's I mean, nice that's to leave and know that that's where it's at. Now. But yeah. that's that's mm-hmm. some of what I'm envisioning for us here. But that's down the road. But um, PJ, who was the founder and president of Straight Street Orlando, yeah. had ex- told me. He said, "We just have to plant the seed. We may not see that seed grow. Somebody else may water it." Five years down the line, somebody else may nurture it a little bit, and somebody 10 years from now will see the fruit of what was planted 10 years before. If there's anyone like Sharon Jack 
and you your your voice is so calming. You're so you're so good. Even when I talk to you on the phone, it's funny because I just pick, I just feel like a camaraderie. But I I feel your you know that love shines through, and you're just passionate about what you do. Just very calm too. You got that calm side to you. Now that being said, Sharon is 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 this person. How do you become the president here? And how were you, were you searched out? Did you, did you hear about it? And put my hat in the, how did tell us about how this, I mean, it's been around two years, but it, the, the progress that you're making and the things you're doing already are amazing, especially during the pandemic time. So how, how did, how did you get called to this and where you're at now? It's amazing. Well, I think the calling's always been there. It's always been on my heart. When I was in Orlando, the straight street, Orlando, it built And when we came back, God had that vision for us here. And I was going to Christ Community, and I, you know, was trying to get it started. Mm -hmm. But we did Highland over there. We worked with Highland Community Church. But when Christ Community started Phoenix City, Christ Community of Phoenix City, we, my husband and I live in Phoenix City, and we were drawn back to be a part of Christ Community in Phoenix City. Well, then um, in 2017 is when Christ Community Phoenix City was rebranded as Village Church. When we got the building where we're at now, which is the old congregational, Presbyterian Congregational Church in Phoenix mm-hmm. City, um, it the people that had it before had a very small food pantry. And so because it was my passion and because mm-hmm. Pastor Jonathan knew, because I uh, expressed to him, they came to me and asked me if I would like to be the, the facilitator of the program. So I said yes, and I did that for two, well, for 31 months. Okay. And then God laid it on my heart. If... I want you to expand this, but we need to be able to get some some funding. Sure, some you got grants you got to worry about, about that. Yeah. and all yeah. that. So he laid it on my heart. I went to the pastor, and he said, "Go for it." So you 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 I you started this whole nonprofit. Started the nonprofit, and the church village church has been behind me a hundred percent. It's an honor that you. would you would do this with us so we could be hopefully the vessel to get the message mm-hmm. out. Not, and not even locally. Could you imagine if this, mm-hmm. this template too, whatever can expand other communities. I know every community has something similar or whatever, or what you've done, but it takes, it still takes that village to do it. Mm-hmm. So speaking of which that village, mm-hmm. so we have the, and I, and I, I kind of make a little, I'm not making a joke here, but I, I want to see the village people, you know, you start thinking. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> not everybody, uh, not knows everybody about know, but we're dating ourselves. You said you're in your sixties. I'm in my late mid to late fifties. So what, so we <laughs> let's give it a, you know, T A B L village table. Yep. So speaking of which, how do we get the village to step up their game and recruit them to understand who you are? I mean, you're doing it through this, of course, obviously, and you call the media and all that kind of stuff, but really how do we get, what do you need from the village right now to help, you know, make sure you get the right quality people passionate enough to do it. I know that's always a challenge. I mean, I know you got mm-hmm. your 20 people. You're always going to have those kind of people coming in, but when you're talking about 169 meals, the 350 meals, and then you got this man cave going on to offer a place for, you know, veterans that's near and dear to your heart to come in this man cave and have a place to kind of chill and have fun. Mm-hmm. 
who do you need? You know, you need former military guys to help mentor that, or they come in if they need some. Do you have a way to, you know, how do you recruit? What do you, that's not easy. No, it's not. Miss McKenzie is the head of branches for veterans, which is where the man cave is. And it's in back of the, of the veterans home. Okay. And the guys that are there just want people to listen to their stories. Yeah. Something's something easy. Yeah. yeah, you go out there, you start a fire in the evenings, and I'm going to tell you, they don't all come out all at once. They'll come out once in a while. They'll come out for five or ten minutes. They'll go back inside. But just them knowing that people there care, that people in the community care about them. High schoolers can go. Families can go over there. Um, military mm-hmm. can go over there. The man cave is there so that if you want, you can go into the man cave. You can play games with the guys. You can um, do things. Uh, you know, it's it's that time of year for giving. For um, we're doing things like giving them. Um, shh, don't tell. Okay. Okay. But stockings and and we're going to be going over That's there nice. and, and decorating for Christmas. Um, we're hoping to be able to get a team together to be able to go over there the day before, on the 23rd of December, yeah. to be able to serve them a Christmas meal. That's great. You know, we're trying to st- we're trying to stay active with them through Village Table, but through the community, through people, through veterans, through high schoolers, through kids, through just families through churches who just want to go over there and visit with them. Yeah. You know, and these could be good beta club hours. I know a lot of times for, there are something particular and I've, I've done it too. We have, there's a lot of nonprofits that we have to, you know, there's certain things we have to be careful based on, mm-hmm. you know, the, t- the needs or those who maybe have mental illness and that, and, right. and these are all different levels. You're dealing with people that, that are more on the side where you know that they've been vetted. Like if kids want to come over or anybody else, you know, this is a good yeah. time to sit with like a grandpa or even a young vet or somebody yeah. who could mm-hmm. really listen to you. I know suicide is just so high in, in the veteran community, and a lot of them just need another vet to talk to, or sometimes it's a civilian or somebody who mm-hmm. can show them. Because you'll be surprised. There's so much out there, but they don't know where to go. They don't know no. where to turn. And and this could provide that, that uh, venue mm-hmm. to set the stage for them so maybe the, somebody the can hear something. Vet, the older vets can help. The younger veterans. They love that. You know, yeah. um, the older vets have stories. You know, these guys are... Different generation, yeah. It's mm-hmm. a different generation. Yeah. And the stories that they tell, you know, they aren't just stories of when they were at wartime or when they were in the military. They're their own personal stories that they tell, too. And it's the same thing at the village table. We try to fellowship. We try to draw out to see how we can help them besides right now just food or clothing. We do have a clothing bank that's run through the church, but we do have a clothing bank as well. Um, So if they need clothing or whatever, but we're just, my passion is that we touch lives to erase insignificance. That's the biggest thing. That's a big thing. I know you've been, uh, in, in fact, that's a, I mean, it says it all. I mean, I like, you obviously put some thought into that. Uniting the community together for Village Table mm-hmm. and erasing insignificance. And again, 
if it's empowering somebody to to give them something, if it's somebody who doesn't know much about it, come in and learn or listen. Like you said, the right. listening part is so critical. I, I found that to be not only humbling and feeling good for me, and I hear you when you say that. I I, I could tell you from my experience, I probably, I mean, you were a little girl and you felt that. I never really felt that. I knew a lot of guys young that were in JROTC in high school and, and you know, back in the 70s and 80s when I was in high school, and, and uh, I never had that calling. Right. Although I see some of these kids today, they know, the parents said, oh, when he was a little boy, he's going in, and they're actually, in, they're already went to the recruiter's mm-hmm. office, they're ready to go. That says so much about the all-volunteer army in the United States or Marine Corps Armed Services, Air Force, you know, and leave anybody out in Navy. And you you have you have this thing about you that you know how important that is to, to keep doing it. And it, it is really vital. It's vital on so many different levels. For me, it was marrying into a family, and it's been since 1991 that it really ramped up. And I, it's like my eyes opened up to... I can't believe I wasn't really ever considering this or looking at it a whole different way. And not that I ever, I mean, I love military men. I had a great uncle who was in World War II, you know, and had a mm-hmm. uh, cousin who was in Vietnam, never talked about it, never had the, you know, intimate details as I until I met my father-in-law who had passed. He passed in 2019, but Korean vet, three tours of Vietnam, was in Laos, Special Forces, did all kinds of different things, and he ended up retiring NCO, and and, and, and now, uh, you know, he was inducted into Ranger Hall of Fame, not posthumously, he was he was still with us back in May of 2010, and it brought up a lot of stuff for him, I can tell, and he shared things with me that I know he didn't share with his wife, so that felt really good, and I think it came through listening, and even friends of mine now and it, it, neighbors or whatever, I take them out for Veterans Day just for a breakfast, no matter who it is. It's just, <laughs> I have to make a confession here. You ready? Even though I brought him to IHOP and the and I didn't have to pay a penny for the breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't done deliberately. I brought him, they both laughed, they were busting my chops. They said, they go, okay, Jeswald, yeah, it's it, it's real good. <laughs> yeah, Bob brings it. Yeah, I guess we'll have the red, white, and blue breakfast, Bob. Yeah, give him the, yeah. I said, well, you can have anything else on the menu. I'll pay for it. But no, the red, white, and blue <laughs> breakfast is free. So it looked like, no, I did not do that on purpose. I did not, I did not. I Honestly, I didn't. But listening to those vets... And, and feeding, you know, help, you know, just seeing them eat and have a good time. Not that they can't afford it. has nothing to do with they afford. It's the camaraderie and listening. And as I sit there and listen, there's sometimes a conversation. I'm that person on the out because I can't relate because I didn't serve. I never served. But I can listen and hear and at the right time. And then, you know, the, the greatest compliment was when he retired. He was a, he's a retired officer. The one guy I was with, and he's my neighbor. I'll just say it's Mike Ferret, and he... He turned and he goes, you know what, Gary? He was talking to the other vet that was next to me. And he said, you know, Bob's one of those guys who's never served. You know, he's one of those guys, but as a civilian, you know, he's he, like, you can almost count. He's like one of us. And that, man, that felt really good. And that's, that's the thing. Like if you, it's not, you have to have the calling. I'm far from being a police officer or nothing like that. I could never do first responding mm-hmm. stuff. But there's something else you can do, i.e. village table, there's something you can do through the man cave or whatever. And these are, these are great things that if anybody can just take the moment and just give a little of thyself and do that, how much selfishly it gives back to you, you know, as an individual. So, you know, yep. and we just, like I said, we're wanting to expand. We would like to be able to get a location where we can expand the amount of food that we're handing out. That's critical because you're talking about how much more food you. Ex- I mean, you, the, this is a good thing, Sharon. This is a good that you get this thing two years off the ground, and now you don't have enough space to house we've the food. We've already, we've already. This is 
we've moved from the church, which was a little room, uh-huh. okay, just a very small room starting with about 40 families, to now we are in a three-bedroom house. That's unbelievable. Wow. And half the house is for the clothing bank, and the other half is for, for village table or the food pantry. And we have one, two, three, four, five. We have five freezers and three refrigerators. And these freezers are how big? I'm not. T- you're talking about those ones that you go and you can flip, yeah, flip up, yeah, up, flip up, and they yeah. store a lot. You're deep. And They're we have one. We have one stand up, and we have four of the. Plus, I have freezers that I need to get down there. I have two more freezers at my home and another refrigerator. Oh my. That we need to get down there, but we don't have the space down there. Sure. And we don't have the power. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's good. This is so, think about it. Dylan. Dylan, what do you think of this? Dylan's our, our, our director here and producer of the show. How Dylan. Do you, how do you fit all those? Like, no, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. Very carefully. Yeah. yeah I mean, now, we're carefully. now, how do you inventory this? I mean, it, now. Oh, yeah, even that. It, oh, the spreadsheets to... must be a, a mess. Like, huh? do, doing like spreadsheets for that must be a mess. Like inventory, but she's no. a business. She's got it. That's true. Mind. Come on. I, I have a I have a family that comes in at the end, and most of the time, most of our freezers are empty, because I only bring in enough for the month. So smart. <laughs> but us, right us. now, yeah. yeah, with the pandemic and with the shortages of trucks and the shortages of food, yeah. Now, Sh- we are now starting to get shortages on our end as well. So it's not easy for us to get food because the pantries aren't aren't getting yeah what they normally get because of everything that's going on. So we're maybe the the you know again people's personal a- mm-hmm. effects where it might be good to donate some clothing, right. jackets whatever and that way we have an we have some surplus so of that. Surplus. Maybe mm-hmm. hard to get them from other places overseas because there are barges sitting off the coast of California that are apparently not <laughs> coming in. We have, we have no truck drivers, gas prices are up, nobody wants to work. And it's, it, it's, 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 a, con- a, big, it's, it's big. a big snowball. Yeah, it is. And it does affect, you see how that trickles down to the local community and, and, and then like village table getting, you know, and it, and it really hurts the people that are struggling. Mm-hmm. Think of it that way. And, you know, how do we, how do we help them? When it's getting to the point of where even we we that do grocery shopping can't even you go in the grocery stores now and the shelves are empty. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going in there for a can of potatoes. Well, sorry, village table had to buy out. Yeah, it's amazing. You said it. Yeah, but I know. <laughs> Let's go to Idaho. I, as a kid, I used to pick potatoes. It was called Emerlings. I remember, and they owned a car dealership in Buffalo. It was business back in the seventies. Emerlings Chevrolet had their own potato for the family, were farmers too, so they, they went out and they even owned a car dealership. And Emerling's Potato Farm, every kid could get a job there in the summer, and you would pick potato. That's not fun, by the way, picking potatoes, but it was no. it was piecemeal because it was like, okay, a piece worker is what I meant to say, not piecemeal, speaking of that, but piece work, because you fill up a basket with so much potatoes, that potato gets weighed, okay, that's how much you get paid for that. Now, if it takes you all day to pick one uh, bushel of potatoes, mm-hmm. That I'll be it. But if you're a hard worker, you can you can end up making up to fifty bucks a day, which mm-hmm. back then it was it was good money. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's it's hard work. In other words, it takes right. it takes everything takes time. If you think about where it's grown, where it comes from, pandemic, 
politics, you know, people getting, you know, too many handouts. And again, maybe that's me not, not judging again, but there people may be in situations they lost their job and they should get, you know, this mm-hmm. is what our country's so great, a financial assistance. There's some people getting it that, come on, I think you could go to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so jobs are plenty now. This is great because there's so many different jobs, but think of, like you said, those on the receiving end that are the ones hurting the most. If we could take that moment and just think that way, think beyond ourselves, Right. Out of, you know, think away from yourself and think how else we can, you know, improve this or do something that could be right. better. Because we don't want, it's that we don't want holy jeans. We don't want torn shirts. We're not talking about your left or things you don't want. I always heard that give something that you know that you really love. Imagine giving that up. And you can always get another one if you're, you know, financially mm-hmm. okay. But give that up to someone who could use it even more. And I, and I, I'm, I have to, do that myself. I mean, it's more than just maybe just tithing every week and, and giving some money, but if there's something you really have, you can give someone. That's what a feeling that is. Well, generosity, a lot of people talk about generosity and, and, uh, generosity is more than just money. Mm -hmm. It's giving of yourself. It's giving of, of your time. Yes, it is part of the finances, but it's giving of your time, of your love, of your patience. It's all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's not hard to do. No. I mean, how hard is that? You know, really? It, it's not. And that's the thing is that if we would all learn to give generously of our love instead of hate, we would be in a whole lot better place. Isn't that the truth? I mean, it's just, you know, you know, it's, you know, it's and not, in, you know, you could pick on any president, past president, or whatever, but this is this country divide has been going on for some time. And it, it's just, you, you get caught up in that and you, you see it. doesn't matter where you stand on it. It's, it's just, you know, people, you're right. It's just one simple thing. Just for a moment, look at somebody and treat them like, like you, you want to be treated. treated. And erase that insignificance in them. There you go. I mean, and that's so true. You see, so in... <sighs> There's something, this is something to be said to that, and I don't, I'm not digressing from what our, our purpose is right. here today, but it's funny because I got to take that. I mean, there's something to just, and Dylan, chime in, and I, you know, not giving yeah. any names. You never, what did I, what did I say to you yesterday? I was getting frustrated with some yeah. situations in the workplace and, with some like frequent, frequently happening, happening stuff. Yeah. And, and I'm, instead of being more, and, and I'm trying to do it, but I'm but like being productive about it. Right. Yeah. I got to be more productive about it instead of getting ticked about it and getting yeah. angry about it, frankly. And, and, you know, I'm supposed to be leading the charge, but you get so frustrated in the daily grind, you can't help it. And then that, you know, then you, you get yourself off course, you know, yeah. and I'm trying to stay on course. And well, just remember, yeah. we're all not perfect, and yeah. when we see something or if something somebody points it out, we just have to have to work on it because I'm not perfect by any means. You can ask okay. my husband that. Okay, let's get let's <laughs> call him right now. What's your number? <laughs> I want you don't know we have a surprise here right now on the line. We have your husband standing by. Okay, Mr. Jack, let's just talk a little bit about your wife. <laughs> I want to see the candor of this Jersey girl. I want to see the true, true cider. Because you've been, I mean, you've just been nothing but just, you know, there's a friend of mine named Lori uh, Kohler, and you remind, you got that laugh and that infectious, fun smile. But but it's true. You can't be where you're at, Sharon, and do what you've done. You some, Sometimes tough love has to come into play. Mm-hmm. So to get where you are, what is the tough love side of you that you had to do to get to where we're at? Being a drill sergeant. 
Really? And you never served. So and you I can still be served. a DS. Tell us mm -hmm. about Give me a drill sergeant moment with you. <laughs> drill sergeant moments with me when, when we're serving on a Saturday morning is most of the time, most of the people that I work with now know me well enough to know the first time I meet you, I'll tell you, here's your please and here's your thank you. That's it. From here on out, you do. You got me to or, sit up, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just who yeah. I am. I'm right. I'm very I don't beat around the bush. Mm -hmm. I say what's on my on my mind and mm -hmm. sometimes that gets me in trouble. That's okay. I understand that from being and, and, <laughs> from and being from the north. What is your? What is your? You don't mind me asking. Not that it's always relevant. Yeah. What's your heritage? What's your? You know, your were you ever? My dad is Polish. Okay, good. And my mom has um, is a Native American. What a great combination! You know, she's got others in there. Yeah, right. But Native American is That's, one of them. You got the cheekbones. You got the Polish. The Polish are strong people. Oh I, yeah. I had, a, I had a step grandma. She was Polish. My stepdad. I mean, really are hardworking people. Mm -hmm. Very hardworking yep. people, and they are. You know, everyone who came from the old country. All you know, I say it for all different ethnic backgrounds. Yeah. But mine's Italian, and my grandfather. You know, came. They were bean farmers and worked in a factory, and they were, you know chicken farms, and you know they taught us good work ethic. Right. You go back to that good old fashioned work ethic. And uh, so you, you know, speak softly, but you carry that, uh, carry big stick, so to speak. And, you know, we got to put the mm -hmm. gun, you know, the hammer down. We do. And like when it comes to children, I tell their parents, hey, if I see him doing something, this mouth, <laughs> this yeah. one will be. So if you don't want me disciplining them, then you need Get to let card. me know beforehand so that I know that I'm not supposed to. That's an interesting approach. I like that. You know what? That's because you you know we get in so much trouble nowadays. If you say something, that's my child. You don't you know you get that defensive mm -hmm. mechanism. But why not just alert them beforehand? Excellent. I have to remember that. If you're in, you're in. I like that. That, that is very. That's interesting. I'm, I'm going to tell your parents right now. If your kid is out of line, I'm going to say something. If that bothers you, then you may want to take it out of here. You know, and makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's it, but th that's it's it's since the beginning of time. It's it's our message. We're so afraid. We want our kids to be our friends in so many cases, our children. They, there's so much discipline that needs to be there because a lot of it's because kids are raising kids, but they need that. And if they don't have a father figure or something that's a little stern, not saying just then there's mom figures. So my mom was my figure. And I had a stepdad, fortunately, that, that was strong too. Um, that helped me. I had a lot of male influence mm -hmm. around me. My grandfather was real strong. My dad wasn't around my earlier years enough, you know, but later, you know, but, but I had those male influences that, that made me who I am. And, and my, of course, my mother always gets upset. She'll probably be listening to this. She gets the first kudo. Of course, <laughs> of course, mom, it's all because of you. But she did. She she was tough. And it's funny that she, some of the things that she worries about and she does, it's like, mom, don't you take your own medicine. Take your own, what you taught us to do. You, know, you wanted extra? Go work on a farm. Go work on a chicken farm. Go whatever you want, extra pair of pants, jeans, whatever. Levi's were so expensive back then, still are. But to get that denim you mm -hmm. wanted, you, you had to work extra for mm -hmm. it. You want to go play ice hockey, you're going to go, you know, yeah. go get a job. It was that simple. Yep. After school, I always worked. So it, it's tough love, Sharon. Mm -hmm. And tough love because we can't, you know, we can't be step stools. We have to be, It's it, and, and it's okay. It, it, it's all, That's all right yeah. in the ministry work, right? Oh, we, yeah. We can. Don't take offense to it. Right, right. You have to be able to, um, and a lot of times if something upsets me or something, I'll go to somebody and ask and 
let and ask them to listen or help me through the struggle that I'm dealing with, with whatever particular situation is happening. Because I don't have all the answers, sure. and I'll never have all the answers. But I get frustrated just like everybody else does, and I'll be the first. My husband will be the first one to tell you. I'll take it out on him, and his head goes rolling down the hallway. <laughs> yes, I, I hear you. That's <laughs> so, right. That's right. <laughs> it's like, and he just looks at me like, well, they want my head again <laughs> down the hallway. <laughs> and it's because he's my sounding board. Yeah. You right. know, he supports me with whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. He's 100% behind Village Table. He is a veteran himself. He works on Fort Bedding as a civilian. I never asked that. But now that's making sense, your husband was a veteran too. So that's, mm -hmm. great. that's great. Um, so all of it is just passion. And God has finally allowed me to let my passion shine through with Village Table. Amen to that. That's fantastic. So, so that's great. This is a great way to kind of bring this all back together. Going back to what I said to Dylan, sometimes, and that was one of my grievances, whatever it is, it's nonprofit, it's Village Table, Mm -hmm. It's working on different things. You come from that right space of faith. But then there's a time where if you can't, we don't have the answers. You, you, you hit on a really germane point. Who has the answers to everything? There's no one. Per, I don't have the answers. Many years I've worked with equipment that mm -hmm. I do in my daily job. I, you, you call, and it's been my thing. There's so many people. How do you tell them that are hesitant? And I find it, it's, it I don't know if it's a, if it comes from a place of insecurity and we want to wipe out that insignificance, but is it insecurity? I'm beginning to think of loss of job or admitting failure if you don't know the answer. What is it to pick up? That, that's just where I'm from. I don't know the answer, but pick up the, the phone and find out the answer like you mm -hmm. did. You picked up the phone and you're making calls mm -hmm. to find out what do I need to do? No one knows. And when you do that, that's the work. That may be your eight-hour day is to find out how to fix a problem instead of saying it can't be done and come up with a line of excuses. That's... That's the Buffalo, right. New York, and me mm -hmm. coming out yesterday to Dylan. Stop it. Yeah, you know, and that's my frustration. I can't do that with anger. I should do that more productively. But but you get what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. it's That's the challenges that you had to face to get there. But you did it with ease because you're saying pick up the phone. Do it. And, and recruiting, whatever it may be. Maybe yeah. that's the point we need here. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like I have my little notes right here. If people want to donate... We do have a Venmo. Let's talk about it. So it would be Village Table PC-21. So if you have a Venmo account and want to donate, it's not on those cards. Oh, it's not. Oh, see, I was looking at the cheat sheet. I'm like, Dylan, where is it? <laughs> no, it's at the top of my okay, cheat sheet. Okay, so yeah, see? See, we're going <laughs> to put that in wherever you get your podcast. It's uh -huh. right there. We're going to have a link. So Okay. Um, so they can do it that way through okay. Venmo right now. Okay. They can also send a check to Village Table. Okay. P.O. Box 2818, Phoenix City, Alabama, 36868, and it'll come to the P.O. Box, and we deposit when we get checks. Fantastic. Nonprofit, of course, Village Table. Mm -hmm. um, does this also, is Man Cave... Uh, Man Cave? Is separate. Well, it's... Man Cave is, is the veteran's home. Home. So it's really so part it's of that. Part of, it's part of that. Okay. So they... So it would be, yeah, it would be part of Village Table. Okay. We just... Find the need where it would where be. Where it would be. And, sure. And like, you know, we do provide them food every month. Okay. That they're not required to pay us for. Okay. We don't nice. ask them. 
Okay. You know, all the food that we have, we never ask for any of our clients to pay for. Okay. Never, ever, ever, ever do they have to pay for the food that they get. That's great to hear. You see, that's okay. So that's, right. that's where our donations saying. come in. Okay. Once our website is up and going, which will be villagetablepc.com, should be up in the next couple of weeks. We'll have a link where they can donate on the website. They Perfect. can also donate if they want. They can go to Village Church website okay. and go under, um, I think it's tithe or something like that. And when they get to that point, they click on the, on the, on the scan bar, and there is a location there to, to donate directly to Village Table through the church. Fantastic. Sharon Jack, our president of Village Table Nonprofit, started in 2019. She had a calling to come up here in Phoenix City from Florida. She is a Jersey girl. She minces no words. She gets the job done. <laughs> she picks up the phone and recruits. Don't make excuses. Do whatever you can to do. Sharon, it is a pleasure, and I am so thankful to have you here today. It's an honor. We're going to get that message out, and hopefully you at home can do the same. So, Sharon, thank you so much for coming in here today and do that. Thank you. You are awesome. <laughs> Air hugs. Air yeah. hugs. <laughs> There's a wonderful <laughs> smile that I like to see. This is fantastic. Sharon, anybody listening right now, you could catch this episode, obviously, streaming at 7 o'clock Eastern time in the U.S. of A. Wednesday at 7, 6 Central. You can also catch us, as I told you, Sharon. We're going to have some links for you, everything about Village Table, uh, right here at Apple, Spotify, and iHeart are ways to get it. The WRBL.com podcast play zone also lives in, at uh, WRBL.com, you see at the top. Also, catching me on social media, and we'll also promote this on this as well. Twitter at WRBL, Facebook, Instagram. Very easy to do. And I want you to see something. If you didn't catch this message today, think of it this way. I always say, take it off of thyself. Do something better. But today, let's talk about unite community, erase insignificance. Significance. Gosh, that's right on the money, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. We'll see you guys next week. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.